And look at us now. <laughs> look at us now. 0.8 and 1.4. And you're spending the afternoon with us. There you go, Carlin. Let me be clear. With NFL training camps kicking off, there will be no girls. <laughs> there will be no girls. There will be no nothing. There will be no nothing. I'll tell you what. I have never seen anybody happier that training camp was starting and he wasn't there than Chris Canty has been all day long today. Praise God, won't he do it, Carlin. As much as I love playing in the National Football League, I do not miss going to training camp. And any player that tells you that they love training camp, that's a bold-faced lie. <laughs> that is, is, the truth is not in that person. Nobody likes training camp. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Want you to be a part of the program on the CC call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're going to get to Kyler Murray in just a few minutes and the embarrassment that is not only belonging to him but to the Arizona Cardinals as well. We will spend time later on on... Why you really don't appreciate just how great Juan Soto is and how monumental the next week is going to be in trading one of the all-time great players potentially in this game. We'll get to all of that on the way. But we need to spend a few minutes on this. On the fact that you have been just so joyous that you are not dealing with training camp. And listen, the average fan understands that training camp is not something that players look forward to, but you took it to another level this morning just in describing your hatred for this particular day as a player. Yeah, this is my seventh year out. And now that I say it like that, it sounds like I got out of jail, right? Yeah. It's, my se- it's my seventh year out. You weren't exactly in gen pop back in Baltimore. All I'm simply saying is this. Every time this part of the year rolls around, Carlin, I have to... Pour one up, whether it's a cocktail, whether it's a beer. And I just salute the guys that are going to training camp, and I celebrate the fact that I no longer have to run around for hours on end in the in the 100-degree heat and running into men that are my size or bigger. I, I'm glad I don't have to do it anymore. Like, it's a celebration. People don't recognize the gravity of what these guys are about to go through. You're talking about 14-hour days, Carlin, around nothing But guys, coaches and players, you're in the film room. You're out there on the practice field. You're doing walkthroughs. You got three-hour practices in full gear. And it's the same guys over and over again. Think about this. You're going out and you're getting into a fight for three hours every single day with the same guy. That's essentially how it works in training camp. Like, you have the the first team versus the first team, second team versus the second team, third team versus the third team. Your matchups are going to be the same. They don't change. You're hitting that guy three hours a day minimum for the next month. You're going to get tired of it. That's why training camp fights happen. Guys don't like it. It's irritating. It's annoying. You're uncomfortable. This is how you build your football team, and I understand the the reason for it. That doesn't mean that guys like it. And so, yeah, every time this time of year, I pour one out for the boys that have to go to training camp, and I make sure that I kick one back and celebrate the fact that I no longer have to do it. All right, a few things here. Number one, how many training camp fights did you get in? I can't even count. I mean, you're always going to do that many. Yeah, what least, was the worst one? I don't know if there is anyone that I would consider the worst of the bunch, but I can remember my first, which was Dan Campbell, the head coach for the Detroit Lions. Really? And let me say this. I, I, the fact that he was a tight end made me underestimate him a little bit because it's like I'm a t- he's a tight end. I'm a defensive tackle. 
It's yeah. like, wait, stop Get yourself. out of my face. Yeah, but, but Dan Campbell is not your run-of-the-mill tight end. Like that, Did that, he bite that, your that, Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you. He came damn close <laughs> to being able to do it. Like, Dan Campbell gave me a newfound respect for guys that are just genuine tough guys. And that's how I always knew he was going to be a successful coach because he's got that kind of passion. But, yeah, you're going to get into a fight in every single training camp. That's just how it goes. And if you're not getting into a fight, guess what, Carlin? You're probably not any good. Well, listen, as somebody that covered training camps, I mean, it is just as bad for us. I mean, all right, physically, maybe not. Well, I'm about to say, what the hell are you talking about? Well, they're 12 and 14-hour days the same way as a, if you're a reporter covering that. You're standing I, I'm, around. I'm sorry. Do you have to hit the other reporters that are around? Are you, no, but you got to play defense against them, make sure nobody else is getting a story that you're not getting. Mm-hmm. You have to uh, constantly have your head on a swivel. You're standing in the heat, too. Everybody's got standing out getting sunburned and all this stuff, and you're sitting around and waiting at the whim of any player that you hope stops for a minute to chat and it's not a given every single time especially depending on what who the players are and then you got to go and write or then you got to go and do your reports and do your raps and then maybe at the time you could have an evening practice as well are you out of your brain think about what you're asking the players to do in that situation they already don't want to be there and then you want to ask them to do something else that they don't want to do something else that doesn't necessarily help them do their job in terms of becoming a better football player the audacity of you, Carlin. It's absolutely ridiculous comparing what you're going through during training camp to what these players are going through. I, I get it. Y'all hit each other. Y'all sweat yeah, a little bit. T- tell, me how, tell me how many nine-on-seven inside run drills you've done. Uh, l- tell me how many one-on-one pass rush drills you've done during training camp. Are you camp. honestly going to sit there and tell me that I was not sweating as much in 90-degree heat as Barry Cofield was? No. <laughs> I absolutely no. was. No. There's no shot about it. No, absolutely No was. shot. No shot. <laughs> Okay, so I guess we got this down. Players and reporters hate training camp. <laughs> that, that's the takeaway. If you get I, nothing listen, else from Carlin and Candy today, we hate training camp. I, I'll give you two last ones real quick. The two great memories I have from training camp. This is how bad it is from a player's standpoint, at least from what I saw. With having nobody around and not being able to do anything, the highlight of training camp, and I, I'll name the guy because he'll say it, is Jeff Fiegels. <laughs> Jeff Fiegels would go out at giant training camp in Albany, mm-hmm. and he'd be out there uh, in the middle of the night with like a six-pack and a glow-in-the-dark golf ball and a pitching wedge. Yeah. And that was his highlight of, I'm going to go hit some golf balls at night and just hop over a fence and go do that and, 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 and drink beers and in I'm the glad process. you brought up Fiegs because this speaks to a larger point. And a lot of people have criticized me because I say that... And kicker, he's a punter. But that's, that's my point. A lot of people criticize me when I say kickers aren't football players. They're barely even people. I'm including the punter. I'm including the long snapper. Because they don't do what we do during practice. And that is case in point. To have the energy to go out there with a glow-in-the-dark golf ball and a six-pack... That just lets you know that they ain't putting out the same energy. They ain't putting out the same workload as the other guys on the team. I remember when I was with the Dallas Cowboys, we do training camp at Oxnard, California. And in between the practices, and in between a stretch where Bill Parcells thought it was in the best interest of the team to have 10 straight two-a-days in full gear, the specialist, Matt McBriar, the punter, and Vanderjack, the kicker, and all, and our LP Latisor, our long snapper, they decided that they were going to play nine holes in between the two training camp practices. 
And they did that every other day. Now, think about this. You got 50 other guys trying to kill each other. Well, in training camp, you got 90 guys. So you got 80-something other guys that are killing themselves in between the two practices, like uh, during the practices, and going and taking a nap so they can get ready for the second practice. And then the specialists are going out and playing golf. Do you wonder why there are certain football players that have it out for kickers and punters? That is why. There's zero empathy that they express. They're like, yeah, we're going to play golf. You know, I can't tell you. You know what? You just don't tell anybody. And listen, and you can probably still hear it in my voice. I'm getting a little bit flustered. Yeah. The reason why is because it was so frustrating to see them after practice grabbing their golf clubs, jumping in a car to go play golf. Well, I'm trying to go to sleep and rest because I know I got another practice in 90-degree heat. The, the audacity of the kickers and punters. And then they want to be considered football players. I, I will say. Up yours, Joe Boo. <laughs> I, I will say the other great image that I have from a training camp of just seeing pure disgust on the face of a head coach. Happened at Giants training camp mm. with Tom Coughlin. I'm not going to name the reporter. Okay. Because I don't think that's fair to him. Do I know the reporter? Oh, you absolutely do. Okay. Yeah. So this reporter went home for a day on a weekend when there was no practice. Drove from Albany back home. Mm-hmm. And he was helping uh, move something in the house. And he moved this TV, which, granted, you know, this was not a 400-pound TV. Okay, this was not something that you can't move, but he wrenched his back in the midst of doing it. Okay, when he came back to training camp, it was as if he had gotten shot. (laughs) (laughs) And so there was a night practice and it was dusk and I walk over to where all the reporters are congregating and there's just one person laying on his side on the ground on the giant sideline on the ground not a player it's this reporter because his so back he's is laid in that out, much so he's laid out on the sideline like he's doing a centerfold shoot yes wow yes okay and they stop for a water break as they're practicing and Tom Coughlin comes over Tom Coughlin can you imagine Tom Coughlin seeing a reporter lying on his side on the sideline of a football field. And he just looked down and said, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> I can't imagine that. <laughs> I can't imagine TC doing that. Well, well, I, I wrenched my back lifting a television the other day. And just the disgust with which he walked away shaking his head. <laughs> you know what? He would have been better off saying I have an old back injury that flared up. Because <laughs> when you say you did it, by trying to lift the TV, it just it oh removes all sympathy that I could have for you in those circumstances. It really does. So yeah. big ups to everyone out there today. Yeah, shout out to the guys going to yep. training camp. Their pain is our entertainment. We appreciate y'all, and I'm happy that it's no longer me. And Godspeed to the reporters. May your Marriott points be doubled. <laughs> there you go. Because you know that's what it's about. <laughs> no doubt. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio this July. If the heat is, in fact, making you sweat, your staffing situation, and visit Indeed. Their end-to-end hiring solution is the number one source for hires in the U.S., according to Talent Nest.
NIST. When you sponsor a job, you'll get matched instantly with candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. And you can even team up with $500, even earn up. Can I get this right? You can even earn up to $500 in sponsored job credits when you conduct virtual interviews on the website. Terms and conditions apply. Just do yourself a favor. Get started at Indeed.com slash credit. The recently signed extension of Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray includes a rare clause that requires him to study film for four hours per week during the season. Obviously, there's language stipulated in this contract that proves that this dude is not in love with the process to be great. This is another sign that this is a bad contract. When somebody is some way and you give them money, it makes them more what they are. This story, I can't even believe it's actually true. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus on your smart speaker as well. Kyler Murray actually had to have a clause put in his contract that requires him to do four hours of, quote, independent study in order to get ready each week. And this is all material that is provided to him by the team. In other words, he has to watch film for a minimum of four hours per week. And this was put into his contract. Chris, I, I honestly, when I heard it, I, I felt about three different things. Okay, well, hang on a second. Let me back up. Let me make sure I'm reading this whole situation right. And then this morning, as I'm kind of thinking about how I feel about this, I hear Lewis Riddick, ESPN NFL analyst on KJ and Max, lay it out in what is just an absolutely brilliant way. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Let's hear from Lewis. The last thing I would want, honestly, is for someone to question my work ethic, question how much I'm invested in my profession. And for Kyler to have this kind of thing come out about him, where there's already been plenty of talk about this before anyway. This isn't some kind of like revelation that people have questioned Kyler's commitment to the game, Kyler's body language in the course of the game, Kyler's ability to be a leader, to be able to deliver in crunch time in the last quarter of the season when the team needed the book. These are all been questions that have dogged him since he came into the NFL. But for now, they are making it a part of your contract that you have to study four hours a week outside of the facility, four hours a week, and they have to put it in writing, and they can actually go after your contract and you could default on your contract if you don't do it. That's embarrassing, man. Chris, it feels beyond embarrassing, and I've got a lot of thoughts on it, but I, I want to hear from the player perspective first. Does it make you as angry as, frankly, Lewis Riddick sounds when you hear something like that? Hell yeah, it makes me angry, and I'll tell you why. As a player, I'm reliant on the quarterback doing his job in order for me to have success with mine. Like, how that guy plays is in part how I feed my family. This is grown man business, Carlin, and the fact that you can't invest four hours outside of the structure of what the team provides for us while we're at the facility, that that is an indictment on your sports character, Carlin. I will tell you this, as far as franchise quarterbacks go, 
He's talking about four hours in a week. Some of these guys do four hours in a day. I mean, Eli Manning was one of those guys that after after the practices were over, after the meetings were over, he would be at the facility until 8 o'clock at night studying film. I mean, his backup quarterback would help him break down tape and understand what's important to watch in getting ready for this upcoming week's game. Like, that that's the level of commitment that it takes in order to have success in this game. And with the way that the rules are now, the quarterback is even more important than it was 15, 20 years ago. So a lot of the onus for the Arizona Cardinals and what they'll be in 2022 is dependent on Kyler Murray playing at a high level. And, Carlin, I will say this. I'm starting to understand why the Arizona Cardinals struggle once we get to the month of December and beyond. All right? When we start talking about games after November, with Kyler Murray as the starting quarterback, the Arizona Cardinals, you know what their record is? It's 6-11. and It's 6-11. and If you go to the six wins, I mean, they beat the Giants. They beat Jalen Hurts in his second career start. You're talking about them beating the Browns that were coached by Freddie Kitchens in 2019. Like, they're not significant wins is the point. They're, they, they were layup games. And I guess my whole point is this. You understand why this team struggles late because you have a quarterback that doesn't watch film. You have a quarterback that doesn't have the incremental improvement that you would expect a player to have as they move through the season. It's all well and good early on when teams don't have a hell of a lot of film on you to understand how to do your job, to execute your concepts, your philosophies. But guess what? When teams figure out what you do best, what you do well, they come up with a plan to try to neutralize it. And you have a hard time countering that plan if you're not studying the damn tape. And that's where we're at with Kyler Murray. And so I'm looking at this situation right now, and I'm starting to understand why the Cardinals were hesitant to hand over a long-term deal to Kyler Murray. We heard earlier this offseason Yeah, you know, the guy pouts when things don't go his way. He points the finger at everybody else. Now we're getting this, oh, we've got to build in a clause for him to study film because he's not doing that. He's not even doing the bare minimum. I'm starting to understand why this organization was hesitant to move forward with a long-term deal with Kyler. Why'd you give him the money in the first place? I mean, if you have to put that kind of a clause in the contract, why did you give him the money? I, I get it. You know, he's there's an answer for that, by the way. There's an answer. I know he's a baby for the way he's handled it. He got his money. He got what he wanted. But they actually have to put like that would embarrass me to have to sign a contract with that. And if you're Kyler, I mean, it's it's so strange. Look at the look at the dichotomy here between him and Lamar Jackson at the moment. Lamar hasn't necessarily wanted to sign a contract yet Mm -hmm. because he hasn't. He wants to get out there and continue to prove himself more and get into that 40 and $50 million range. Yes. Like, this speaks to me about Murray. Not only do I want to get paid, but I, I, I'm good if I just go and get the money now. I don't want to go out and prove myself even further this season and be a $50 million a year quarterback. Because ultimately, that's what he would be. So, if I'm the Cardinals right now, other than them... And I have a feeling I know what the answer is. If I'm the Cardinals right now, how do I possibly justify giving this man the money this year when it's clear that, that frankly, this is included in work ethic and his work ethic sucks? A couple of reasons why, and I'm not going to go too far in depth because we're up against it, but we can absolutely talk about it a little later on. The first of which, the Arizona Cardinals see where the quarterback market is going. 
they're seeing guys getting paid upwards of $50 million, and it's not going down. So being able to strike a deal while you have team control over Kyler Murray essentially for three more seasons, the last year of his rookie deal, the fifth-year option, and a franchise tag, it allows you to do a deal that's on your terms. Because that's a hell of a message for your fans. Let's save a few bucks and make him, you know, actually embarrass him a little bit in the process. Do you know about the Arizona Cardinals ownership and how yeah. they do business? Yeah. Okay, so that money matters to them, okay? They're, they're penny pinchers. That's number one. Second reason why you do this deal. If you don't give Kyler Murray a new deal and you're kicking off training camp, there is a possibility that we live in a world where Kyler Murray executes a hold-in. He's not going to hold out because it's cost prohibitive. But he could hold in and say, I report to training camp, but I'm not healthy. I got a hamstring. I got a back. And how can you tell the player that he's not injured? You can't. So what happens to the rest of the money that you've invested in your payroll this season if you don't have Kyler Murray playing quarterback? You're burning $200 million is what you're doing. So that's why they got the deal done. But at least they were able to build in this particular protection to try to embarrass Kyler Murray into having better sports character. Well, there's a lot to dive into on this. There are many more angles that we are going to hit. And really look at this from 360 degrees up above because there are so many different aspects of this that are just fascinating and perhaps equally as appalling. It's Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Plus, up next, there is a star quarterback in this league who is undergoing surgery today. Yeah, this is new. We'll fill you in in moments. Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Another quarterback has a little bit of an issue that's being dealt with right now. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, 888-SAY-ESPN. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow will have an appendectomy, a source confirmed to ESPN. A timetable for the procedure remains unclear, but likely in the next two days. Uh, NFL Network first reported his... Uh, The veterans reported for practice Tuesday. Everybody has reported now. Every team has. Now, by the way, the medical situation uh, for Burrow, not expected to be serious, of course. But listen, anytime you're undergoing surgery, you're not messing around. And obviously, uh, you're having an appendectomy, relatively routine routine procedure. procedure. But nonetheless, uh, Joe Burrow, uh, that just came in. Uh, a little bit ago. You know, the Bengals are one of our two-a-days today, and we're going to talk more about them uh, at length. But here is the Ben uh, Ben Baby uh, sound. Ben, of course, the reporter for ESPN NFL Nation on the Cincinnati Bengals on the Burrow situation. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow will get this appendix issue solved presumably within the next 24 hours, according to someone I I spoke to. The timetable is still a little unclear, but usually these surgeries need to happen pretty promptly. As you said, the Bengals 
Our report to training camp today with the first practices scheduled for tomorrow. Yeah, the timetable is still unclear when Burrow will be able to return to the field. As we know, the acclimation period for training camp, which is in the collective bargaining agreement, states that it's going to take a few days for teams to be able to get into full pads and full contact. So that at least is a good part of this situation for the Bengals, that they will have a little bit of a buffer time. Listen, uh, he's going to be back in, you would think, relatively short order. It does not feel like it's that big of a deal uh, for Joe Burrow at this point. Yeah, he's just tapping out of training camp. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is a veteran move by Joe Burrow. (laughs) In other words, last week he probably started feeling the appendix. Let me sit on this a little bit. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Let me me miss the first couple of weeks For a guy who's only in his third year, that is a veteran move. Very veteran. Haven't we been talking about how he's wise behind his years? He's wise beyond his years? Yeah, this is a veteran move by Joe Burrow, but not something that we're expecting is going to jeopardize his start to the season. And let's be honest, with the opening slate that they've got, you're going to need him fresh out of the gate. The Pittsburgh Steelers and then on the road against the Dallas Cowboys, you're going to want to have your team hold. And, of course, you're going to need Joe Burrow out there. Yeah, they're they're the last, uh, along with the Rams, of our two, uh, two-a-day teams that we will get to in just a little while. And we're going to check in in Cincinnati with Tony Pike, uh, the former UC quarterback and now talk show host out in Cincinnati on the Bengals a little bit later on. Uh, With Burrow, though, and with the Bengals the way things are at the moment, it does not concern me uh, very much about them because they are – I really, Chris, I I look at the Bengals and I still feel like people are kind of underestimating where they are. I don't think people feel like it was an anomaly that they went to the Super Bowl, but they feel like it was well ahead of schedule. And I don't know – that when you look around the AFC, that they get the same respect level as others that maybe they should? Well, they should get the respect level because on any given Sunday, you've got the best quarterback on the field. That's how good Joe Burrow is. And I thought that Cincinnati did the right thing this offseason. After checking the box and answering the question of whether or not we have a quarterback, let's find a way to be able to protect our quarterback. So bringing over Ted Karras to play center, bringing over Alex Kappa from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then getting Lyle Collins to commit to come there and play right tackle, they are building a brick wall in front of Joe Burrow to keep this guy upright. Because let's be honest, the offensive line was the undoing for the Cincinnati Bengals, and we saw that in the Super Bowl with Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller running roughshod over that group. So that was the next step for the Bengals' offense and the progression of this team overall is being able to make sure that you get that offensive line figured out. And I feel like they've done that this offseason now. You're going to need said offensive line to have an opportunity to gel in training camp. And I am a little bit concerned that you're talking about Alex Kappa starting camp on the PUP list and then Lyle Collins not being able to practice because he's on the non-football injury list. So those are going to be two key parts on the right side of that offensive line that Cincinnati absolutely has to be concerned about because you do want them to get the reps in training camp so those guys are gelled, they have the chemistry, and they're ready to go week one because that Pittsburgh Steelers defense, the strength of that unit, is up front with Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt. I'll give you one guy that I I think they're really going to miss that we haven't spent a lot of time on. Mm. C.J. Uzama in that offense. And I know what Mm. they have at wide receiver. They're loaded at wide receiver. Uzama last year was very much a security blanket for Burrow. They have Hayden Hurst. Uh, They still have, you know, reasonably good. But it, it struck me that Uzama meant an awful lot for a comfort level for Burrow, especially when he was in that situation of not having 
nearly as much pass protection. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Uzama is somebody that they could definitely miss on that offense. No, they could. But I think Hayden Hurst is more than capable. Now, he saw his role with the Falcons kind of diminish last year with the with, with the arrival of Kyle Pitts. But the year before that, he had six touchdown grabs. So I think Hayden Hurst can help in terms of offsetting the loss in production. But I'm also looking for Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd to take another step with Joe Burrow because those guys having that kind of chemistry, I think it's they're only going to build on what we saw them do last year. And then let's not forget, you do have Joe Mixon out of the backfield, not as a receiver, but also somebody that you could turn around and hand the ball to. And I think the running game for the Cincinnati Bengals is probably going to get the biggest bump because of the upgrades that they made along the offensive line. You know, Chris, line. there were times last year they didn't use it nearly enough. I agree. They're, they did not use it nearly enough. In fact, I'd even point to the game where they won the division against the Kansas City Chiefs in Week 17. They had a stretch down at the end of that game where they're inside the five-yard line, and they handed it to Mixon once Yeah, where they were running quarterback sneaks with Burrow ended up getting a little bit banged up at the time. I remember that. Yeah. yeah that's, and, not, that's not what you want. No. And no. So it just strikes me that if there's an area – that's going to help more than anything. I think you hit on it right there. The Bengals running the ball more and having more faith in it. And it's got to get so tempting when you have a toy like Jamar Chase. Yeah. it's you know Because you just know at any second it could be 80 yards and adios. But think about how deadly that could be if you have the run game and the ability to dictate the defensive front and the coverages that you're seeing because you got to drop an extra guy down in the box to slow down Mixon. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. If you're a renter, make sure you're protected. Renter's insurance includes options to cover stolen property, personal injury, living expenses if your place is damaged. Quote renter's insurance at Progressive.com. Up next, big series in Major League Baseball starts tonight. Plus, what's been the biggest story of the NBA offseason? Kevin Durant, the newest team to enter into the sweepstakes. We discuss next on ESPN Radio. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Katie and Carlin on ESPN Radio, <clears throat> excuse me, and on ESPN Plus. Tonight, Yankees-Mets out in City Field in Queens. Giancarlo Stanton placed on the 10-day IL with a left Achilles tendon issue. In fact, they're calling it Achilles tendonitis. The Yankees did not announce how long Stanton is going to be out. And look, normally you'd say, eh, no big deal. Yep. It's Stanton. And it's always it a big to, deal. When it comes to something that's a relatively, I mean, can I call that a soft tissue injury? I think that's fair to call it that. A taut tissue tissue injury. Yeah, I think, it's, like I think it's fair to call it that, yeah. <clears throat> Whenever it's something like that with Stanton, I'm sorry, you're just always going to raise an eyebrow. You're just always going to raise an eyebrow. And as good as he has been this year, that's not one that you can afford to miss for a while. No, I mean, the guy won All-Star Game MVP. 
I mean, it just shows you what he means to this team and what he means to that lineup. And you're not talking about a Yankees lineup that's very deep. I mean, once you get past the top of the order, I mean, you worry about the production that you're going to get from guys five through nine. So I, I understand how big of a loss this is, but I also recognize how good the Yankees have been, especially with their starting pitching and then Aaron Judge being able to come up with timely hits. I mean, the guy has been an absolute machine. So moving forward, is it something that you'll keep an eye on? Sure, but the fact that it was a 10-day IL designation with uh, it being retroactive to July 24th, it Mm -hmm. lets me know that this is probably not something that's going to keep him out for an extended period of time. Aaron Boot said he was exhausted going into the All-Star break and did not want to push him through this right now, which is understandable. Yeah, and they've handled Judge and Stanton with kids' gloves, and so far the plan that they've laid out for those guys has worked. It has worked very well. And yeah. he, Stanton was hurt earlier in the year, um, but if Stanton ends up playing 135 games, you're in great shape. Yeah. Yeah, and if that's the case, that's great. What, now, what, what you have to keep an eye on is what's going on with the Houston Astros because they're right there on your heels, and yeah. the Houston Astros have the fifth easiest schedule in Major League Baseball the rest of the way. Yep. So, so I mean, I, I know that that has been the thorn in the Yankees fan side for the last couple of years, and I feel like it's setting up to continue to be that as we get closer to the I, postseason. Chris, I'll tell you what. I've talked to a lot of Yankee fans the last couple of weeks. Mm. It is no question that the team that they hate most right now is the Houston Astros. Yes. It, has, it is not the Boston Red Sox and not even close. No, you're right about that, but I will say this, Carlin. This is going to be a big week for the Yankees. They're going to have to step up in a big way at the trade deadline and add the arms to the bullpen because that's what you're going to need to beat a team like the Houston Astros. In the worst way right now, they need as much assistance as they can get. And look, if it's Luis Castillo too, I would be on board with that. I wouldn't mind that either. (laughs) Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. It has been really quiet of late on the Kevin Durant watch. Woj finally gave us a little nugget. He said the Boston Celtics now are in the mix. That's just like you got mama sweet potato pie. In the pan that somebody cut off and they ate all the pie. It's only a tiny piece. And you taste that pie and you want more. See, the Boston Celtics, they tasted that success. They went to the NBA Finals. Kevin Durant is the whole sweet potato pie. They want all of it. Could bringing Kevin Durant and put us over the top? I think the answers for the Celtics, yes. But of course, at what cost? What price for Boston? If you're the Celtics, you don't necessarily need Kevin Durant. We know this. If you're the Nets, the more I think about it, the more I believe you've got to call everybody's bluff here. You cannot settle for 60 cents on the dollar when it comes to Kevin Durant. It's Canty and Garland on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. We were talking about this yesterday when we're filling in on Greeny. The Celtics are in the mix. Jalen Brown, along with Derek White and a draft pick, was their offer. The Nets countered with Derek or with Marcus Smart in place of Derek White and multiple draft picks. First of all, if I'm Boston... Marcus Smart should not be keeping me from getting Kevin Durant. 
That's number one. And number two, especially when I already took care of my point guard problem with Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. And and number two, draft picks shouldn't be keeping it from me. And if I'm the Nets at this point, I tell you, you talk about getting jerked around the last few years. The Nets have really gotten <laughs> hosed in a lot of different ways here. It hasn't worked. But they did it to themselves, I, though, I big understand fella. they did it to themselves, Chris, but I think when you look at the situation logically, would the Nets have been the only team at the time given the opportunity to have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant on the same team? If any other team in the league had been in that position, wouldn't they have done it? Well, the Knicks were setting themselves up to do it. They yeah. traded Christoph Porzingis to clear cap space for two max salary players, thinking that they were going to land one of those guys. So my point, my point is here, it would have happened to anybody. It would have happened to anybody. It just happened to be that the Nets were the team that Durant and Irving decided to go play for. Yeah. So with all of that in mind, I can't, I can't just move him to move him at this point. Hmm. I can't do it just to make him happy at this point, and he needs to understand that. So what you're saying is you don't have to have willing participants. You'll take hostages if you're the Brooklyn Nets. If I have to right now, I will absolutely take hostages. And if that hostage is Durant, deal with it, dude. You've got four years left on your deal. You're 34 years old. Are you going to sit there and tell me you're just not going to play? I don't buy it. I don't buy it for a second. You may sit for a little while to try to make a point. You may sit for an entire year. Good for you. If that's what you're going to do to us, that's on you. And you're not getting paid if you're not playing. So, I'm sorry. Well, you say, Look, you say, you say that, but he could take a page out of Ben Simmons' book, and he does end up getting paid well, even ben though Simmons he's not playing. Ben Simmons didn't get all his money. He didn't either. get all of it, but he got some of it. He got some of he it. He got some of it. And he's and, suing, and he's, to, get and he's suing to get the rest. So, I mean, yeah. it could be an ugly situation like that if Kevin Durant takes the nuclear option. But here's but, my point. If I'm the Nets, go, go, go to the mattresses on it. If, the, if he wants to go nuclear on it, Fine, we're going nuclear on it. You know what? Flames it is. Listen, burn it down. I'm I'm with you. I think the Nets should play hardball in this situation just because they've acquiesced to Kyrie and KD for the last three years. They've given these guys everything that they wanted. Carlin, they got rid of a very good coach in Kenny Atkinson that took the Nets to the playoff with D'Angelo Russell in a cast of who's who. I mean, it's just it's a situation where I, I just. I don't understand what the grievance is from KD or Kyrie's standpoint. Given the behavior that we've seen from Kyrie, we can understand why the organization didn't want to pay him a long-term max extension. We get it. (laughs) I don't understand how Kyrie can take that as a slight and how KD can back his play by threatening to want out of the organization unless they do exactly what Kyrie wants. It doesn't make any sense to me. I heard this quote from Jeter in The Captain in reference to A-Rod. Yeah. Am I loyal? Yes. But loyalty one way is stupidity. A thousand percent. And that is exactly what Kevin Durant has been when it comes to Kyrie Irving. Yeah. So with all of that, I'm sorry. If I'm the Nets, you want to go to war? You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts! Let's make it happen. I, I, I do not, I do not just accept whatever is presented to me to make Kevin Durant happy because I think, and I know this, like people around the Nets love him as a person. Yeah. He's done everything that you're supposed to do as a player when you are healthy. So. Except exhibit leadership as the best player on the team, and that in lies the problem for the Brooklyn Nets. 